In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. To put the transfiguration in context, I want to go a little bit ahead into Matthew's Gospel. Because after the transfiguration, Jesus comes down the mountain with his disciples. And of course, there is a man who is possessed, a man who is suffering. And his father is begging Jesus to help this young man be freed from the evil which oppresses him. And the other disciples had attempted to free this man of this evil and couldn't do so. Our Lord does so, but says it was only because this only kind of evil can be expelled through fasting and prayer. And let, we're going to come back to this in a second. And well, let me take a look at this in this, in this way. When we think about our lives and, the, and, and our society, think about how do we solve problems? Well, we always think of something that we're going to do on our own, that we're going to take on ourselves. We're going to, every January 1st, we're going to lose 20 pounds. And we rush to the gym, and we get our membership, and then in February, we haven't been there in three weeks. You know, we think about these projects that we have to help our society. We think of projects to help the poor that are passed by our Congress, and helping the inner cities, and trying to alleviate the poor and the suffering, and try to help our society become better. But what we see is we still have very poor inner cities, and we still have suffering, and we still have violence there. So these, are, these efforts sometimes are like these disciples who have tried to expel this demon, and they haven't prayed. They haven't included the Lord in this process. They haven't made him part of this effort. Even something as simple as trying to lose weight is something where we need the Lord to help us because we know it's for our good. Or whatever project we're trying to do to build virtue or whatever we're trying to do to help others. It's not simply an effort that can be done on our own. That will, it will never be truly fruitful and successful without the Lord's help. And I think we put this in the context of the transfiguration. We see that our Lord calls Peter, James, and John, the inner circle of, of the apostles. These three are the College of Cardinals and the Pope in miniature form. And he says, come on up the mountain to pray. Now, we know that Jesus normally prayed at night. So the other disciples might have been like, oh, good, we're going to bed. They're going up the mountain. Good for the, Peter, James, and John might have been thinking, oh, Oh, why are we doing this? Going up the mountain, and probably not exactly an easy trip to go up this mountain. It might have been a bit arduous. Imagine taking a hike on a very difficult path. But then at the top of this mountain, they see our Lord transfigured. And they can't believe what they're seeing. This is the vision that the Pharisees and scribes had been asking for for the entire time of Christ's ministry. Show us a sign. Show it to us. But of course, they didn't ask with faith. They demanded in anger. 
They demanded because of jealousy. They wanted this man to prove who he was. They wanted certainty and not faith. But he knew that the apostles were going to experience something that would shake their faith to the core, and that is his passion, death, and resurrection. And then that would indeed make them nervous. And of course, we saw the results. We see that Peter denied our Lord three times, that James had run away. But John may have remembered, and that is why he remained with our Lord that he was able to remember this moment, and for some reason he may have had consolation in, in remembering this moment of Christ's glory that they beheld on the mountain. For what we see is a confirmation of Christ's divinity and that he fulfills the law and the prophets by the appearance of Elijah and Moses. And see that the cloud that comes down is is a reminder of the Shekinah, the divine presence that was seen in the Old Testament that led the Israelites out of slavery and into the Promised Land. The glory of the Lord that was present in the temple when the temple was consecrated by Solomon. And we see the divine presence, the cloud coming down, a representation of the Holy Spirit and the voice of the Father. This is my beloved Son, Listen to him. So, of course, Peter, always the one to have to say something, says, let's make three tents. He wanted to extend the moment. He's like, this is good. I don't want to go anywhere. Let's just stay right here. We're going to stay right here. going to enjoy this moment. We'll be here for maybe a month, two months. Let's just stay right here and keep this going. But alas, as we know... This is a moment that had to end because Jesus' hour had not yet come. And so then they go down the mountain. And that's when Jesus then performs this miracle of expelling this demon from this young man. Where we see this is sort of the dynamic of the Christian life in miniature, that we not only are a people of contemplation, but it is our contemplation of Christ that leads to our doing good in the world. That the two are not separate from each other. The Benedictines, of course, have their, their motto, prayer and work. That our work cannot be fruitful without contemplation, without time to set aside for our Lord to be in his presence, to have that encounter with him. So we want to make sure that in our lives, we are setting aside this time for contemplation, even if it's five or 10 minutes a day, even if it's in within our own room or even in the car on the way to work or right home from work, that maybe a trip to the church on the way home. Something that we do every day that allows us to set aside the cares and worries of the world to just be with him, to be with our Savior. And we could even go further than that through going to Eucharistic adoration by attending Mass more frequently in daily Mass, 
these opportunities that we carve out of our day to say, the world at this time doesn't matter, we're gonna be on the mountain with Jesus, so that when we go down, in, down that mountain, we can then bring good into the world, we bring Christ to the world to help expel the demons that plague our own lives and our own society. So it's something to really think about. How can we, through in our daily lives, set aside this time so that we can truly be not only a people of prayer, but a people of great works in Christ Jesus? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.